The Cinders of Dezu, written and read by Oliver Tonic. A tyrant king, a missing girl, and a journey through a perilous world. Join me for this completed sci-fi fantasy novel, read as an audio series. Enjoy the story from here on, or binge from the beginning with the first episode. The episodes are now available on YouTube and Spotify as a podcast. Like and subscribe if you enjoy. My audiobooks are totally free. If you'd like to donate to support my writing, though, check out my Patreon in the description. And now, back to the tale. Chapter 9 Talia The girl had told them to keep up as they followed her out of the market. They did for a while, and yet somehow they had lost her. They had blended into the crowd, taking the main road out of town with everyone else. No one seemed to recognize them as the ones who had just caused the scene moments earlier. Quite a few villagers had created a perimeter of onlookers as they watched from outside the walls to see if the flames were going to progress any further than the flags. A crew of men had been dispatched inside the stone walls to contain the fire inside. Using the commotion to their advantage, the boys had slipped off the road and into the trees. They went some ways without their mysterious guide before they finally stopped, not knowing where else to go. The two looked around until they were both startled by the sight of the girl up a tree. She was staring down at them, crouching on a branch with angry green eyes. You broke the manifestation rule, she said. Julian looked around. And what is that? Exactly. The girl raised her eyebrows. You didn't read the manual. N no, we did, said Cairo. Well, kind of. I, I mean, it's been a whole rough day or two. It's hard to sit down and read a whole... How did you find out about me? She asked. <laughs> so you are Talia, Cairo said with a smile. The girl scoffed. You needed to read it cover to cover, not just skim it. We thought we caught all the important parts, said Julian. Her nostrils flared as she sighed. The manifestation rule is, do not expose yourself to the public unless your delineum faculty has manifested and you have mastered control of it sufficiently enough to keep it hidden. Julian smirked. I don't even know what a delineum faculty is. So, yeah, we probably broke that one. Cairo smiled at his friend. Do you get a pass if you don't understand half the rule? Talia shook her head and rolled her eyes. Well, have fun breaking the rest, she said, standing up on the branch. Hey, just for kicks and giggles, I'll give you another rule to break. Don't die. Out here, there's a lot of inventive ways to break that one. She hopped toward the trunk of the tree and kicked up off of it, disappearing into the canopy. Cairo quickly ran up to the tree base. Wait, hold up. He looked up and she was gone. There was no sign of her, not even a rustling. Julian leaned down and grabbed a handful of stones. He sorted them as he walked up beside Cairo, whose gaze was still in the tree. Julian picked a pebble and looked up, squinting. He reared his hand back and threw it up into the canopy. It bounced around the leaves before coming down. Julian looked into his hand and started to dig for another. Cairo reached out and grabbed his wrist. What are you doing? 
Julian looked at him blankly. I'm trying to... Just don't. Don't throw rocks at girls. You're supposed to learn that before middle school. Julian dropped his handful of rocks and brushed his hands off. He squinted up again. She's quick, huh? Kyra moved around the trunk and then onto the other trees, keeping his eyes up. He began calling out. I'm sorry, okay? We really need your help. Like, really, really. The girl came sliding down a nearby tree, not the one they had seen her disappear into. She leaned against it with her arms folded. Cairo smiled as he approached her. Thank you. Obviously you know your way around, and we don't even know up from down. I mean, like, do fountains in town just unleash freeze attack on people, or what? He said with an awkward laugh. You're a Vincarsi? She said. Julian widened his eyes. Uh, was that a slur? It means powerful one, or one with power. It's in the guidebook. There's an index of terms. The boys looked at each other in silence. Cairo cleared his throat. Like superpowers? Sure. So you're saying it was me that made the fountain freeze? That's what I'm telling you. Julian spoke up. How did he get ice powers? Talia gritted her teeth. Okay, I'm supposed to be called in emergencies? I'm not here to emergency explain everything to you. You had a cabin and food and plenty of time to read the book. Just humor us, okay? Please, said Cairo. Talia sighed. All humans who come to Dezu become Vincarsi. You get a superpower or delinium faculty. She paused to give Julian a look that they need to get under control so they don't draw suspicion when out in public. The boys felt slightly patronized by her tone as she continued. You don't want to draw suspicion because we are ruled by a king who wants to murder you. Therefore, you were supposed to stay in the cabin and have your little emotional crisis at home while munching on dried biscuits before going into public and announcing to the world where you are and how ill-equipped you are to handle life. The boys sat quietly for a moment. Talia maintained her stance, leaned up against the tree, and said nothing. Cairo mustered his courage to speak up again. I'm... we're sorry. We had to leave. We're in a hurry. We need to get my cousin back and get home. It's as simple as that. We don't know anything about how all this works and where to go. We need help. Talia rolled her eyes. Okay. As you can see, I'm not great at breaking people in on these things gently. Harper usually does the explaining before he gives you all your stuff. But you're not going home. This is it. This is your new home, and now you have to- Look, we've heard all that, said Julian, coming up behind Cairo. But you're telling it to the wrong guy. Talia turned her gaze back to Cairo, whose eyes were pleading with her. Look, I need this. Reina's- She's a special girl. She's special to me. When my parents... He stopped. He squeezed his eyes shut and rubbed his forehead. Talia wasn't sure what was happening for a moment. Give... Give me a second. He said, turning away. He was facing Julian now. His friend looked at him with a concerned look on his face. He placed his hand on his shoulder and looked at Talia. 
His uncle adopted her the same time as his parents' divorce. He's an only child. His uncle got him out of the house when things were getting ugly at home. Helping him take care of Reyna was a big part of what got him through things. Cairo was squeezing the tears from his eyelids with his fingers. This isn't where he'd been trying to take this. He needed her, Julian said. And they needed each other. He collected his own family. I'm his brother. She's his sister. That's just how it is. Cairo finally collected himself and turned around. He huffed. I could never live with myself if I let anything happen to her. If you don't help us, then I'm sure I'll kill myself trying to do it alone. So please, just... Give us a fighting chance. Talia stared at him a while. She frowned a bit. She put her arms up, laced her fingers on her head, and groaned as she turned away. Look, even if I wanted to help you, this is more about whether or not it's possible. There's no way for me to get you home. No one goes back to Earth. So you're saying that nobody, not a one, has ever gone back? Said Julian. No, not on record, no. It just doesn't happen. How is that even possible? Said Cairo. It can't just be a one-way street. It really is, she said. You walked off a cliff and you survived the fall. There's no way back up, so just be glad you're alive. Cairo folded his arms. I just don't... I... I can't believe you. Talia shrugged. Then don't. Julian raised an eyebrow. What about off the record? What? Cairo nodded at his friend and then looked back to Talia. Right, there's got to be like a legend or something. Someone who knows someone who said they had a friend who found a way back. Talia let out a big sigh and turned away from them. Come on, give me something, he said. She shook her head, looking down at the ground. I don't have time for this. Head home, read the book, get used to it. Don't call me again. She took a few steps away and then started into a sprint. Wait, please! She dashed up the side of a tree with some low branches nearby and disappeared. Cairo's shoulders sank. Neither could hear any movement. She was gone. Julian frowned. I don't like her. Cairo turned around to face him as he palmed his temple and looked into the trees. He started pacing. I don't even... How do we get... Oh, rude, right? She was rude. If I wanted to go back to the cabin, which I don't, I don't even know which way to go. I don't even know how you far we are from the main road. Going on, We're like babies cool out here. If she's R911, then I'm not calling anymore. You know, this is why people this don't trust the place, system. This place, man. Guns. We can't catch up. They both stopped at the sound of a thump on the forest floor. They turned to look behind them. It was a man. He'd clearly fallen from the trees as the leaves wafted to the ground next to him. He had landed on his feet in a crouch and then stood up. Well, hey, he said with a nod of his head. If he had had a hat, he would have tipped it. Hello, Cairo said slowly. The man smiled and began slowly pacing in front of them. His body looked like it had been sculpted out of marble. He had a darker complexion and was tall, but not excessively. His dark eyes peered from under a lowered brow, staring them down with something unsettling in them. A dark intent was there, 
concealed by little to nothing in his expression. Who are you? said Cairo. The man cocked his head. Anyone from Dezu would know exactly who I am. So if you don't, that means you're not from Dezu. And if you're not from Dezu, that means I know exactly who you are. Cairo took a slight and instinctive step back. The man chuckled. It looks like I'll have to introduce myself, though I prefer my reputation to precede me. I am the man, the myth, the menace. The people call me Fierce the Great. I'm the hunter who never misses his mark. Oh boy, here we go. Came Julian's voice from behind Cairo. He was peeking around his friend as he watched the man pace. The man called Fierce peered around Cairo to address him. You ever been hunted before? Julian cleared his throat and spoke under his breath. Only by the ladies. Julian often joked inappropriately to himself. It was a way to self-soothe when he was uncomfortable. But his eyes widened when Fierce began to laugh. From where he was, there was no way he'd actually heard that. Hey, I like that. Rambunctious, Fierce said. It's all right. Generally, I wouldn't say being my prey is as fun as that. But fortunately for you... It'll be your first and last time. With a motion of the arm, a glint of light reflected off the surface of a blade. He had produced it seemingly from nowhere. It was a knife the size of the man's forearm, with a width to it that seemed excessive. The boys took a step back. Julian opened his mouth to say something when the ruffle of tree branches was heard. Another thump struck the ground. It was Talia. She stood with her back to them, facing the man called Fierus. Despite her small stature, she stood like a formidable wall between him and the boys, staring the hunter down. Her stance said she was prepared for anything. Ferris sighed. You just couldn't stay away, could you? You know I can't stand by and watch this, she said. Ferris shrugged. You didn't have to watch. They were slowly starting to pace together in a standoff now. Their eyes were locked as they slowly stalked back and forth like lions about to fight over a kill. Fierce smiled. Come on, little lady, you sure you want to play this part again? It's just the same old song and dance. Talia shook her head. I'm not here to play, Fidas. <laughs> That's a shame. He scoffed as he stopped in his tracks. Because we're about to have some fun. A whiz and a thunk was heard. A lock of Talia's hair drifted to the ground. Her eyes hadn't left him, but his knife was no longer in his hand. She knew what had happened, but she also knew she couldn't take her eyes off him. But a noise from behind her forced her to turn around. Ah! The cry was Julian's voice, laced with surprise, fear, and a smattering of pain. Talia turned to see Julian gripping his now bleeding arm just below the shoulder. The knife was lodged firmly and deeply into the tree trunk behind him. Cairo turned around to react to his panicked friend. Talia whipped back around. The hunter was gone, just as she knew he would be. She cursed herself inside and turned back to run in Julian's direction. Cairo was trying to get a good look at the slice held tightly under Julian's hand. Hold pressure, hold pressure, he told him. Talia went to the tree trunk and grabbed the hilt of the blade. She yanked and yanked, but it was stuck tight in the wood. She held on and put both legs on the trunk to pull again. 
this time with success. She pulled the knife out clean and handed it to Cairo, who looked at her confused. Take this, she said. He fumbled it into his hands while Talia turned around and ripped off Julian's already torn sleeve from his shirt. In moments, she had tied it firmly around Julian's arm. It's not that deep, she said. Just keep it on there and follow my lead, or he'll give you much worse. How did... Cairo began to say as he collected his thoughts. He was... The knife! I mean, it was... It was like a bullet! Talia snatched the knife from Cairo's trembling grasp. Her fingers began to radiate heat as she lifted it to her left hand. She brought the edge of the knife to her palm, and the boys watched as she eased her hand across the metal, bringing the entire blade to a white-hot glow. I'm going to need you to run, she said. Stay together and don't stop moving. You're going to head directly behind me on three. Kyra whispered to Julian, Are you going to be okay? Yeah, no, I'm good, he said as he examined the makeshift bandage on his arm. One. Talia's eyes were combing the tops of the trees. Two. She was studying the difference between the swaying of the wind and something more substantial that could be disturbing them. The boys were still, their eyes trained on the girl. She paused for what felt like a lifetime. Cairo felt his legs beginning to tingle with anticipation. Talia's eyes caught the movement above she was searching for. Three. Hey guys, it's Oliver. Thanks so much for listening. Don't forget to like and subscribe if you want to hear more. Give me your thoughts in the comments if you're watching on YouTube. And check my channel to make sure you're caught up on the latest episode. I'll have regular episodes up until all chapters of this story are fully released, so stay tuned.